so excited that you're that you're here. We're we're in a, we're going to talk just just uh, quickly tonight. We have a, a saying that we say here a lot of times at Community Covenant. It's called what we say is that perspective changes everything. Uh, perspective changes everything because what you see determines what you do, and what you see determines kind of the ways you respond to different. Uh, things and so I don't know you know many times in a room like this we have all sorts of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds and uh, you can find yourself in a unique spot tonight and uh, but what we do know is that your perception in life your perception on Christmas will actually determine the way you celebrate it the way you engage in the way you pursue it and so what you see determines what you do when my wife and I first started dating um, this is, uh, you know, we're living in Pennsylvania and, and we, we right, just kind of knew, you know, you have, you always have your game face on, right? When you first start dating somebody, right? Do, or do we, are we, we got that, right? Yeah. Amen. And, um, we always have, we always kind of have that spot. And, and so we're, we're, we're you know, kind of there and Connie's, you know, house sitting for someone. So we kind of, st- we stop by there and while we're there, we hear, we, we get, we get notification. We're not sure, but there might be someone coming to the house. There might be someone coming to the house. And uh, we're not really sure if we, we know them or engage in them. But right when we're getting that phone call, right when someone tells, tells us that, we hear a noise in the other room. Right away, um, we're like kind of freaked out. We're like, okay, what do we do here? We're in a house. We, you know, it's not ours. If we go answer the door and someone sees us, like, you know, what, what's the deal? And so kind of goes, go check that out. And I was like, there's no way. I'm going to check that out. Now, at that point, you know, my, you know, my, my man card's about, is getting, it's just diminishing, right? Come on, guys. You know what this is like. He said, go check that out. No, there's no way I'm going to check that out because if I go check it out, they definitely don't know me, right? So at this point, they might know you because you've related to her, but you, they definitely don't know me. So at this point, I'm really up a creek. I'm going to open this door. I'm going to get punched in the face or something. They're going to think I'm robbing someone, and now I'm really in a big pickle. Right, so after, after a little bit, we're kind of like stuck for like 20 minutes, and all of a sudden we realized it started getting more rhythmic, and it was a steam pipe um, in the other room, right? This classic story of like it was a steam pipe in the other room. So after I start profusely apologizing, right, because I'm like, well, of course I would have checked it out any other time and any other place and any other night, um, uh, it ended up being the same. I did check the steam pipe out, though. I did do that. Um, but it was funny because as soon as I saw what it was, as soon as I knew what it was, I responded differently. And so the, the kind of the, the point here is if you see what it is, you respond differently. For you, how do you see Christmas? How do you see Christmas? Because if you see Christmas one way or another way, it will in fact change the way you respond to Christmas. So for some of you, you might see Christmas kind of just like you know, through the twinkle in your kid's eye. Isn't it so fun to see kids interact with Christmas. Uh, or for you, it could be a, a, just another holiday. You know, sometimes I can get stuck into this, uh, this, this kind of mindset. This is just another holiday. It's just another time. It's just another thing that we have to do. Uh, or, or for you, maybe it's like you're kind of heading into the end of the year and maybe you're just in an uncertain time in your career. It could be the most uncertain time of any career that you have. But maybe you're engaging with Christmas with, through lights on the house or through lights in your, in, on the tree or any, uh, any of that. But tonight what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to look at Christmas with fresh eyes. And I want you not to look through just Joseph and Mary's eyes or the wise men's eyes, but I want you, or even just your eyes, I want you to look at, the eye, through the, look at Christmas through the eyes of heaven. Now, you know, I know in a room kind of like this, we could be all from all sorts of different places. So that might be a really weird statement for you to look through, look at Christmas through the eyes of heaven. But 
But, and it, because some of you might have no clue what to do with this whole Jesus thing as it is. Like Jesus, uh, for you, might just be just a, a, an idea that, God has, that, that your parents kind of put on your lap at some point, or maybe it's like the thing to do on Christmas, or it's just kind of you're in that spot. But, but tonight what I'd like you to do, just if you could come with me for a few minutes, is look at the story of Christmas through heaven's uh, eyes. And so the, the way that, that because, because I think if we do this, if we see Christmas, the way that heaven saw Christmas, we will respond the way heaven responded. If we see Christmas the way, uh, the, the way heaven saw Christmas, we will respond the way heaven responded. So we're going to read at Luke 2. It'll be on the screen so you can follow along. But the classic story of Christmas, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this. The, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, terrified. But the angel reassured them, "Don't be afraid," he said. "I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly in strips of cloth lying in a major. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So quick question, when the shepherds looked up into the sky, what did they see? Yes, yes, that's why we have kids in here, right? Yes, we see angels, right? And when you look up, what are the angels doing? They're glorifying, right? They're praising. Are they having a party? Probably. They're celebrating something, right? They're singing. They're enjoying that. Sometimes when we think about God, we look into heaven, we might think of all sorts of different things. We might think of a God that has no connection whatsoever to our world. We might think of a God that's really angry. Or when we think about kind of looking up, we think of like great grandma that tells us we should go to church every Christmas Eve from here until the end of the year. Now you're here until the end of our lives. And let's be real, we're still a little scared of great-grandma. It's, and it's okay to say that in church tonight. No, okay, I'm just scared. Of, of, of no worries. But here's the thing. When we look up and we see that concept of God, what do we see? When the shepherds looked up, they saw a party in heaven. They saw a party going on, glorifying God. Just a multitude of angels glorifying God. They saw joy. They saw a big old party, and, they, and it's because of this. When the heaven looked down and saw Jesus born the night before he was born, when they looked down and saw this, they saw the answer to your prayers. You know those prayers that you, know, you don't want to tell anybody that you have? Those moments, though, that you, like, you really do want to hope and dream, and if you let yourself kind of let your guard down a little bit? It's those moments that you don't have all the answers, Right? It's those times in your life when you're kind of like, I think I'm doing okay, I think I'm okay. I think. When heaven looks down, they see, see, they see Jesus, they see the answer to your prayers. And they don't see the answer, just the answer to your prayers, they see the answer for the salvation of the entire world. Many times in our life, we get stuck between one point and another. When we're not really sure what life is all about, we're kind of going from job to job or you know, maybe career to career even. We, we're interacting with different kids or different, different things that are happening, but we're kind of on a treadmill, not really sure what's going on until the God of the universe catches our attention a little bit. 
And so when you look at Christmas and you look at all the gifts that could be under the tree, we can begin to think, might there be more to life than, than really what we got going on? Because when heaven looked down, that's exactly what they saw. They saw that there's an answer here. There's something happening here that's a little bit more than my own story. It's a little bit more than me kind of being the God of my own life. And when you look at the Christmas story, if you're anything kind of like me when I'm looking at the Christmas story, isn't it like super crazy? Can we be real on Christmas Eve in church? Don't lie in church, okay? Man, you, you guys are like, who's this 32-year-old pastor speaking today? And Get him off the stage, right? When you look down, when you think about Christmas, it's, it's a weird story. There's a lot of things that happen that are just strange. Because God wrote a story that looks a lot like your story. God wrote a story full of crazy characters and all sorts of plot twists, all sorts of interruptions, because he wanted to say one major statement, that there is salvation possible through Jesus. That no matter what the story looks like, and whether you like your story or you don't, whether there's all sorts of plot twists, all sorts of craziness that happens in your story, he wants you to know that everything can be restored in Jesus. And so the story of Jesus, literally tonight, what we, what, we, what we acknowledge and what we look towards is we look to Jesus as a whether or not, is he the person that is going to help put everything back together again? So when heaven looks down, heaven is literally seeing the answer to your prayers. He's seeing the salvation of the world. He's seeing the restoration of all things. He's, they're seeing the salvation of your soul. Man, what could it look like for us as people to kind of start down a journey that might take us down some next steps, some new steps, to start on a Christmas night like tonight, to say, all right, what, what, what might, might my life look like if I were able to take a step like this? Right, some of you might be intrigued in this. Some of you might not be intrigued at all. Some of you might be like, okay, hi, I'm actually kind of ready to take a step like this because for me, I need to get off the treadmill. I need to get off the treadmill, and Christmas is the invitation for you to take a next step in that. When God invades your life in different ways, and he comes down just like he did on Christmas, you're able to see all sorts of new things with fresh eyes. You're able to see all sorts of new ideas, all sorts of new plans, all sorts of new things for your life that he wants you to take a step in. And for some of you, you could be here tonight simply because of a promise you made somebody. You could be here tonight simply because it's the family thing to do. Or you could actually think about what might be possible if you just took a step in Christ. If we stepped off kind of the cynicism circle and said, what if I actually tried to build something with what I know? I think that's what Christmas invites us into. It's an invitation that in the midst of darkness, there is light. And so if you're in any sort of that type of darkness, there's some good news for you. And so tonight, that's the, that's the start. Because here's the reality. God had a great plan for, for the world. And sin breaks everything. And the whole reason Jesus comes on a night like this is to help put all things back together, starting with you. And so the tonight, my quick question is, would you respond to that? What would it look like for you just to take a next step towards Jesus tonight? Because he took a major step towards you. He's been pursuing you in steadfast love for the longest time, just hoping that you would join the party in heaven, right? 
Instead of seeing God as like this, this angry God in the sky, he's saying, look, literally, I want to be connected with you. And I, I get that that sounds funny, but if you would take a step with me, I bet you'd begin to see things with fresh eyes. You'd get off the treadmill of life a little bit and you begin to see all that God might have in plan, uh, might have planned for you, might have been, had created you with you in mind. You might see some of that. And it's weird, but it's a step that you could take in order to see all that God might do in you. And so God, he begins this journey, this process, where he's putting all things back together with Jesus. He starts at Christmas, but it doesn't stop there. He goes all the way for 30 years. he's, He's learning and growing and building. And God, literally at 30 years old, starts this ministry, this life that, that, that begins to proclaim a whole new way of life that's possible through him. And it leads him to a death on a cross simply because we decided that we could be the gods of our own heart. And it leads, he said, there's only one way to fix this. And it's through Jesus' death. And in his resurrection three days later, he says there's a whole new way of life possible right here in the midst of of this one. This is the story that starts tonight. This is the fresh eyes that we can have. And so the question is for us, what, are, what is our response to that? What does it look like for us to consider what God might have us do on Christmas in 2018? And it all starts with this completely new idea that we could have fresh eyes. What does heaven see when, he, when, when heaven looks down and sees Jesus? He sees the answer to your prayers even the ones that you don't want to say out loud. And it starts with you taking a step towards him, believing that he's Lord, believing that he's Savior, believing that he can put things back together again because that's what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. So tonight, what we're going to do is pray. We're going to sing a little bit because, honestly, who doesn't love candles on Christmas Eve? Come on. But we're going to sing a little bit. But what I want to do is take a step, take a moment just to have us take a step towards him tonight in a new way so let's let's pray father god we acknowledge you in this place tonight and that could be the first that could be for the first time for many of us Uh, that could be the first time in a long time for some of us Uh, that could be kind of a regular thing for a lot of us but god we acknowledge you and god it's a it's a it can be a scary thing sometimes to consider all that you might have in plan for, uh, might have planned for us and might, you might have created us with, uh, created with us in mind. But God, we, we simply just acknowledge that tonight. And God, I pray uh, that you would give us that, that vision, that big picture of all that you might be doing in us. Give us the vision, a big picture of, of a next step that we could take towards you. God, you made a giant leap towards us at Christmas time, a giant leap. And you've been pursuing us and loving us, embracing us, even when we didn't embrace you. God, we've been pushing that away for the longest time or we've just kind of been indifferent towards the whole idea. And God, you're asking us to take a step towards you tonight in a new way. So God, I pray that you help us do that. Remind us that you're close, that you're not angry in the sky, just kind of waiting for us to screw up. But you're close that you're loving us, that you're hugging us, that you're pursuing us. And God, I pray that you help us take that step. And so tonight, church, if you are ready to do something like that, this is just a simple prayer that you can pray along with me um, and, uh, and just take one step tonight. Just pray this with me. Father.
we are so excited to, to start taking a step towards you. And God, in us tonight, I pray you can help calm the fears that I might have. I pray that you uh, help me take a step in a, in a brand new way. But God, I pray that you help me acknowledge that you are Lord and Savior of, of me, of my life, and of the world. God, I acknowledge that tonight, and I pray that you begin seeing it, I can begin seeing that new work in me and in my heart. That I can celebrate Christmas in a, with fresh eyes this year. So in your name we pray. Amen. And so tonight, I don't know where you're at, um, if that was maybe a first time for you or not, but man, we'd love for you to continue to take steps towards Christ. Uh, our first gathering in January, January 6th, is really where we're going to see some new stuff take place in our church and in, in the year. And so, we, man, we'd love for you to come hang out with us on January 6th and just take the step. It's kind of funny. It might feel a little funny in different ways, but just come take the journey with us and take a step uh, towards Christ uh, as we do that together. But hey, who's ready to sing? Come on now. Right, let's do it. And so what we, bef oh, before we do that though, I'm sorry about that. Before we do that, well, we believe deeply at our church, and Christmas is the start of that, that, that God is still at work. And this story that we talked about tonight, that he can work in us and through us, um, it's, it's evident in a story of a man from our church named Tom. So I want you to watch his story tonight. Mother and father, that uh, wonderful mother and father, loved dearly. Uh, uh, they play a big part in this too, you know. Uh, good family, middle class. Dad was a Marine officer. We traveled. Uh, I picked up my first drink when I was 13 years old. From the age of 13 to 39, even though I didn't drink or drug every day. That's all I thought about. All I thought about. I did a lot. I went to college. I graduated. I enjoyed college. I got a degree. I, I worked. I did this and that. I was, in, I was in the Marine Corps myself for six years. Uh, but everything, when I look back, everything was focused on the next drinker drug. That's really what it was. Because that was, it's, it, uh, when I slept, I dreamed about drugs. When I was awake, I thought about, oh, if it's Friday, I can't wait for Friday, for, where, or where are my dealers? It, it's, I worship. The truth is, when you put 24-7 into something, it's really worship. October 27th, 1997, I'd been in a treatment facility in Fall River. I walk out of that facility. The first thing I do is cop two bags of heroin and a, a, a pint of vodka. I do both. I don't know anything else. I must have passed out. I went out in the, in the overdose right in the street. I wake up. I'm in Charles Memorial Hospital. I'm six weeks from being 40. When I get my senses, I realize kind of where I am. I was hit by a terror that I'd never had before because I, I'm going to be 40 years old in six weeks and nothing's changed. And uh, all I do is exist, I'm, I'm not going to live. And it wasn't about being president or playing for the Oakland Raiders, that's my football, or the Boston Red Sox, all those dreams you have as a kid. It wasn't that, it just, I just wanted to live. 
This works me up every time I'm talking with friends and groups. I've never done it like this, and I've never, never kind of talked in a meeting. But I've talked with recovered friends and church friends who may or may not be recovered. But I was laying in that cot, and I just looked up, and I said, uh, I said, God, uh, help me out of this. You lead me, and I will follow you. When I said, Father, you, you lead me, I will, I will, uh, I will follow. I meant it. I surrendered. I turned it over. There were no conditions, no terms. And like I said to you before, the only expectation was, I know, I know it's going to be okay. I feel it. I sense it. I, it, it things fall into place uh, when I'm, when I'm, when I walk with reverence. The, you know, the Scout Oath, Scout Law. The last one is my favorite one. And a scout is reverent, and that means always knowing you're in the presence of God. I wake up, I get up before my wife, I look down at that bed, and I have done it since the first day we were married. I look and I say, God, I can't believe how good you are. That's my, she was my greatest gift. After the recovery, I was a year and a half clean when we met. That, and then of course my son. And then keeping the same job, that I had when I put down the needle and the spoon and went to that last treatment facility, I got hired by the same company I work for now and I've worked in different states for. All those things, all of that is nothing of what, I, I don't deserve it, I didn't earn it, I've just been along for the ride because I've turned it over and I do the next right thing because I know God has a plan. I mean that with all my heart. Others loved me when I was incapable of loving myself when I always know I'm in the presence of God, I know God. I see, you just can't, it's kind of, I can't write out steps how I, it's just, I know it. And are there times where you feel it more than others? When a great group or a service, you just, you know, it'll, it hits in different ways. You know, uh, but when I, uh, when I know that he's always with me, I always see him hear him, know him.